Welcome back to More Than Running with Dana. I'm your host, Dana Giordano, and on this show, I talk to women in and around the running community who inspire me daily. I started this podcast when I was running professionally, and I felt like the deeper stories of women were not being amplified. Stay for real conversations about confidence, mental health, body image, motivation, and of course, running. This episode of More Than Than Running is supported by New Balance, and this mini-series features New Balance's Stolen Starts Ambassadors and Team New Balance athletes. I've often felt like the ends of our running community have felt so separate, and what better way to celebrate women in running by roundtable conversations with the women who are making change within their communities and reaching new heights on the professional track circuit. On one end of the community spectrum are the women of the Stolen Starts, a women's running collective started in 2021. Ten ambassadors make up the Stolen Starts and include women from London, South Korea, Berlin, LA, Paris, and more. Each woman in the collective was selected because they are powerful advocates for specific causes and their representative communities. In this episode, we meet Tammy Salazar-Anarand, an NYC-based running coach and the founder of an all-female run crew that strives to amplify marginalized voices in the fitness and wellness community. On the other end of the running spectrum, we meet Femke Boll, Dutch sprinting sensation in the 400 and 400 meter hurdles, Olympic bronze medalist, world championship silver medalist, double European title winner, and a Diamond League championship title are a few of the accomplishments of this 22-year-old sensation. Femke is as driven as she is down to earth and her shared gratitude in this episode for her training partners and mentors. Over the next 45 minutes, you'll hear an incredible conversation about sport, motivation, community, and more. It's like going on a run with your favorite people. Tammy and Venka are both more than running, and I hope you enjoy this series. So this is the first episode of this project, and I'm so excited to have you guys here today. Welcome to More Than Running. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, before we get into everything, because I want to know so much about you, we're going to do a couple of warm-up questions to keep things easy because, you know, we're <laughs> runners. We have to do a warm-up. So the real first one is, where in the world are you right now? I made some assumptions. So Femka, where, where are you calling us from? It's definitely nighttime where you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not in the Netherlands. I'm in Belgium because my boyfriend lives there. So I'm with him now for a couple of days. So uh, close to the Netherlands. <laughs> close. It's still nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> and Tammy, I'm assuming you're in New York. Yes, I'm in New York and it's chilly now. It's afternoon. I'm in Brooklyn specifically. I'm here at home. So the, the first warm up for you guys is where is your favorite place in the world to run? That's the reason why we're here. That's the reason we're all connected. <laughs> so where's your favorite place? And I know, Tammy, you have an international background as well. So you have many places to choose from. So Tammy, where's your favorite place? Uh, yeah, I don't think I can pinpoint one place, but I really did like running in London. I had a nice little, you know, European tour while running the marathon there. But besides that, in the States, I'd say running over the Manhattan Bridge here in New York, I always stop and see the views and just see like the middle between Brooklyn and Manhattan is gorgeous. And then a long Lakeshore Drive in Chicago, because you just have the water with you the whole way. And just the views and the skyline is just gorgeous. You can't beat that. A little bit shorter distance, but Femka, you know, I know you, <laughs> you're probably not doing the long runs along the no. river bed, riverways or things like that, but you must have a favorite place to train or compete. 
Yeah, I think it's two different ones. I love to train in Potterstrom, South Africa. It's like a whole grass track and it's really, I really like it. It really makes me calm and it's nice to run not on a track, but on grass for a change. And we go there a lot to train and just like to have our endurance block compared to you. It's probably no endurance, but for me, it's a lot of <laughs> running. And then, yeah, of course, I love to compete in front of my home crowd in the Netherlands, but I also really love Stockholm. I think it's a beautiful city and I just love the stadium. It's a bit old fashioned, but still really nice. And I always run well there. So, <laughs> so far, I really love that one. It always makes it easier to like the place when you run well. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. Babka, who's your favorite person to train with? I know this is oh, a hot question coming out the gate. That's a hard one. I'm not sure I really have like one person. I think I'm in a pretty big team and it's nice to train with different kind of people the whole time. But I used to train with Lea Sprunger. She now retired, so I cannot train with her anymore. But we both did hurdles because right now I'm the only Dutch woman in our group doing the hurdles. I'm now with the men training more the hurdles. And I really loved training with her. She was a bit older. And she really taught me a lot about what sport is like as an athlete, but also as a person, how you grow in it. And yeah, I just learned so much from her. And she's such a good friend that she's my favorite person, although I cannot train with her anymore. <laughs> That's a really good answer. Tammy, does that bring up anyone for you? Like, you know, a mentor that you've run with? Yeah. I mean, just like Femka, like it's, it's hard to pinpoint one person. And then like, I yeah. love running with my crew, obviously. So I can't like go without naming them, but someone, one of my sheroes is one of my closest friends. Her name is April Cargill. She runs Sexy Pace and she paces for my group, but she just became a six Abbott world star major, but I ran with her like so many times over the years. And she was the one who got me into distance. So it's always fun to run with her. So I would, I would name her if I had to pick one person, it'd be her. Amazing. I've got two more <laughs> warm up questions. Uh, <laughs> the next one is your favorite pump up song. So you're coming up to the start line of your race. What's in the headphones? Thumka, I know you have something good. Well, actually, I listen to a lot of Dutch songs and like one that keeps me cool a bit more because I'm so hyped up and nervous that I got these songs that just make me really happy and a bit more calm instead of going like, because I already feel my heart rate is going up and up and up. So I think I'm more of some that are going down. Like I think at Europeans, I was just listening to like the song from Glad You Exist. It's really a bit like a love song, but it got me so calm and happy that I was already. So yeah, something like that. I feel that too. Sometimes you can't have more pump up. I'm, you can't have like Bad Bunny on there or something too exciting. Is that yours? <laughs> well, it's so funny because I do also, I, especially for distance, like you don't want to go out like hot off the gate. So I try not to listen to something that's very like bam, bam, bam. So I do listen to a Bad Bunny song. I did listen to it for London and Chicago, but it starts off slow and then it's a slower beat than like his other songs. So it's called Moscow Mule. It's off his new album. But the first sounds you hear is like the beach and the waves. And that's oh, like wow. a place of peace for me. So I like think about that. And then like I jam to the lyrics, but it gets me in the happy, oh, let's like jog along vibe. <laughs> so it does keep me calm. And then I also listen to Hotline Bling by Drake. Classic. Gets Got me in the mellow mood. Yeah. <laughs> So those are my top two. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I mean, when you're competing, there could be music in the stadium, but you probably, probably don't hear it versus, you know, if you're running a marathon, you might get a, a sense of some music that's going along on the sidelines. Yeah. 
All right, last warm up question here. And this is for, you know, both of you. So whoever wants to hop in first, you know, Tammy, would you ever run the 400 hurdles? And Femka, <laughs> would you ever run a marathon? If Femka wants to train me, I'm so down <laughs> to do it. I will try it once. I'll say I did it one and done. That would be cool. I would like to watch. I'm not sure I would like to run a marathon. Not anytime soon, <laughs> but when I was yeah. watching at London and I was at the finish line and seeing these people, like the happiness and the satisfaction of, whoa, I just ran 42K. It made me a bit, maybe for 1% think, maybe one day when I'm older. <laughs> but I'm not sure right now. It's far. <laughs> yeah. You're also so young, 22 years old. You've accomplished so much already. I'm going to bring things back to the core of this conversation. And it's really about the power of community. And I think that's something that we all have in common on this conversation, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about each of your individual training environments and how, you know, specifically on the women's side of things, you build each other up and what that environment looks like. So Femka, if you can explain like what your current training situation looks like, how it works and, you know, the power of that group, you know, you've experienced over the past couple of years. We, I think we all would love to learn a little bit more about it. And then Tammy, mm -hmm. we're going to hear from you of, you know, kind of what elements of that stick for you in a much mm -hmm. different environment. Yeah, so I train in the training center in the Netherlands. It's split in the middle of the Netherlands. And it's really a big training center, Pathano, where you have like track and field, but also the judo people and BMX and a lot of different sports, but all just like brought together and also all the top athletes brought together with one head coach and yeah, one really well set up place where you can train, where you have a nutritionist, pretty much everything you need to become a top athlete is right there. And they, yeah, I think they bit scout people in order so you can come there. And I train in a really big group, I think now 16 people and it's men and women, but also a big female group so of the women who I run the relay with at the Europeans most of them are also training with me at Papano so we're really a big group of women in this team also with really nice men but also really nice women and I think yeah we just we are a lot away like we are three times a year on training camp and we are always training together and it really makes us strong as like we push each other in training but we also have a strong bond and I think that helps us a lot when we race together, when we train together, you know, there's always support from everyone. And yeah, for me, it's really like, I think the best environment I could think of. Tammy, just, that's a little bit different than, you know, your life having, you know, a training center <laughs> where people are, you don't, you don't, do you live there as well? Or do you live elsewhere and then come to, to train? No, you can actually really like, live right near the track if you want but I live in a city close to it and we all kind of live there the Netherlands is really small but now everyone lives in 20 minutes away from the track so we all live very close to each other and really are like a close friend group also that's awesome yeah it's very yeah. similar to New York you're all living very close to each other but somehow it feels yeah. like the biggest place in the world right yeah <laughs> Queens feels like a thousand miles away <laughs> Yeah, Tammy, tell us a little bit more about your kind of environment and what similarities you've seen to, you know, Femka's very different experience. Yeah, I mean, I train on streets and roads. Generally, like if I have 
the time to like I'll hit up like a trail here and there but but yeah it's kind of similar to what Femke was saying about you know training with a bunch of women like with my group when we make moves we have such a organic and like wonderful connection to one another and we do hype each other up like every mile of the way whether they're the front of the pack or what we call sexy pace or run walkers like we hype each other up and we push each other and I think just having that support really motivates women to just you know keep going forward and it you know it makes it fun and I think regardless if it's training for a competition or just you know getting endurance in like it's so vital to have that feeling. I would love to learn a little bit more about women make moves because it sounds like you really built a, a structure that didn't exist before. So tell us a little bit about what this group is and why you, you felt like, you know, there's a million running groups in New York. Why yeah. is it important for yours to exist? Yeah. So women make moves. We started officially in mid-March in the midst of Women's History Month. And I wanted to create a space for women just to feel like, A, they can be themselves, which I feel like in society and just beyond the running community, like sometimes that's an issue. Um, A space that's welcoming for women, regardless if you are training to Boston qualify or just wanting to get out and get some exercise in and, you know, just a space where women can feel safe both physically and emotionally and just connect with one another. Cause just like how we both highlighted, like training with women and having like that girl squad to like hype you up really is a good feeling. So I just wanted to have a space where any woman, woman identifying person can come in and feel welcome and get some miles and sweat in and meet new people. Oh, I love it. I got to go for a run in your group. It yeah, really please fun. do. Yeah, especially, we always try to make it fun. Especially if it's sexy pace, because from what that sounds like to me is, you know, kind of whatever pace you're feeling that day. Is that what that means? So sexy pace, we talk about specifically for ours would probably be like the 11 minute, 12 minute mile. The one thing about this group that I really wanted to like emphasize on, as you said, there's a lot of running groups, but not a lot of running groups cater to the slower paces. So sexy pace revolves around that kind of pace. And then we also are introducing a run walk for those who aren't really fully immersed in like running everything or who those are just starting because we have a couple of women who come in and their first run is with us Mm -hmm. so it's also really cool to see but we want to make sure again that people feel happy and you know not feel intimidated at all so we also offer run walk group well I just had to do a little conversion here for you know our European counterpart Femka that that kind of is about like an eight 8.5 8.5 kilometer an hour pace. So that I want to see. I still have no clue. <laughs> well, I was like, okay. You're like, I, I don't do you. that far. Thank you for doing that. Cause oh. I didn't even know that. <laughs> well, I think it's really incredible that you're you're leading something from within. And Femke, you know, you you are so young and you're in this training group. But I would love to hear. Like, do you feel as if now that you've had such success? that you've taken on a new leadership role or what does the leadership look like within your training group? I think that kind of takes a lot of different forms, but sometimes when you're thrust to this really successful place, you're automatically assumed that you're the leader. What's the leadership dynamic within your training group? I'm in the training group since I'm 19 and I've always been the young one, like the youngest one that was there. And I think since this year, I'm not the youngest one anymore, but we haven't trained all together since then but I think in our group 
everyone is the same, like we respect each other as athletes, but also a lot of people like we have friendships and we just like to have a lot of fun with each other, but also train hard. And also like Demi says, we cheer each other on in every run and things like this help a lot. And I think we don't really have one leader in the group. Yeah, we have our coach, but <laughs> in the group of women, we don't have one leader. I think we know for certain things, I will go to one of the women athletes and for another one, I will go to another one. Just, we know each other really well. You know, I think it's all pretty equal and we just really want everyone to be the best they can. And we try to make sure everyone will be. So if you see someone's having a bad day, it's not always the same person going there. It's, it depends on the day and who's going there. I think we all just want to support each other. But in our relay group, I don't train with her, but she's in the relay team. So you speak a lot to each other. We have Lisanna. She's also from New Balance, Lisanna De Witte. And she's really our mom of the group. She's the oldest one. She's been in too many relays already. And we always feel like she's our mom. We can go to her with whatever we need to go. And that's really nice to have that. Before you stepped up to, you know, let, let's say the, the biggest stage in the world, the Olympics, you know, obviously there's some fear and nerves, performance anxiety that come for that. Was she the person that you looked to like, how does, how does this all work? Tell me, tell me what this experience is going to be like. I think then it was Leah, like I said before, the woman who I yeah like to train with the most, because then I was still training with her. She was also going to the Olympics and I think it was her third Olympics. When we were at one point in the pre-camp in somewhere in Japan, I was like, can we maybe sit together? And I brought my notebook with all my questions about the Olympics, like the smallest one, how is the village or what's the food like to bigger ones? How do you handle the pressure or things like this? And she's always been so open about it, even though at the end we were racing each other in the semifinals. It's like she really wanted to help me and make me a better athlete. And I think there was something so special to have. And it helped me so much to also go in this fast pace to a higher level because at the end in 2019 I was at the Worlds and I was I think one of the last in the semifinals and now 2022 I'm silver medalist and yeah she helped me so much even though we were at the end rivals I think that's something super special I think one of my favorite quotes of all time is there's room for all of us at the finish line mm-hmm. and yeah. it just it hits me every time because it's, you know, when you're in a training environment and you're improving, you're making the person next to you better. Tammy, you've become that person for people doing their first marathon, stepping up in distance, running for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just giving insight and like, you know, like even little things like, you know, like form and everything, like I help each other. I help everyone out as best as I can. And then luckily, like I have my pacers too, who keep an eye out for the women. Like I'm saying, we help each other out. I think that's what makes this group so beautiful. It's just, we're really here to support each other. No one's being put against each other. We're really there to connect and grow. Mm -hmm. I want to take a moment of reflection, especially on this past year to highlight some of the performances you guys have both done. And so let's rewind ourselves back to January of 2022 and goal setting starting the seasons haven't begun marathon season hasn't begun Femka in indoor season what were your goals and expectations for this year well I was third at the Olympics in 2021 so I think I started the year with a lot of motivation because 
I was 5203, it's so close to 51, and I became third for the first time on this big stage. I was like, okay, now I want to be more consistent in this, show that I can do it again, be on this higher level, because people always say like, okay, it's something to come there on the stage, but to stay there is also a tough job. And I know it's like that. So I really trained really hard with my entire team. And then I put goals mostly for outdoor always, because at the end, I'm a hurdle specialist. So we put our goals on the worlds to try and get a better medal than last time or again a medal, just a good race. And then at Europeans, we kind of made the goals during the season because first I had worlds and then Europeans. So you never know what it's like to have two tournaments so close. And indoors, I always pretty much just look in January. How do I feel? Do I feel ready? Do I feel fit? Do I feel motivated to run indoors or do I want to focus on hurdles? And then a bit like that, I, we looked and get, I had a really good indoor season. And I think it was also because I could just train a lot, train hard, but not be too busy with, am I going to race? Am I not going to race? How do I feel? Am I in shape yet? And it really helped me. And at the end, when you run a really good indoor season, it brings a lot of not insecurity. And also like, yes, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm in yeah, confidence. <laughs> I'm in good shape. I'm ready to go for this outdoor season on my hurdles and I think like that it really helped and then my coach had afterwards a good conversation with me and we decided okay I'm gonna try this three medals at Europeans. Yeah it seems like you never really ran out of steam a lot of the <laughs> American athletes ended their season early so not only you did the triple at Europeans you also went for the Diamond League title at the end of the season Silver is very close to to gold, stepping up from bronze at the global level to silver. And you have your biggest competitor of Sydney McLaughlin, fellow New Balance athlete. Mm -hmm. Uh, how, How motivating is that, having the bar being raised and basically the world record broken every time you guys race each other? Yeah, I think it's amazing. I mean, she's such an inspiring athlete and I think if you would have asked anyone two years ago, is it possible to run in 50 seconds on the hurdles? A lot of people would have said no. And now she's done it. I mean, first it was a 51, now it's 50. It's For me, it's really inspiring. And for me, it also shows we are capable of so much more. And it's daring me to dream bigger. Like, okay, so I can run 51 one day and maybe I can even try 50 one day. You never know. But I think she's raising the bar so much and inspiring so many athletes around the world, whether you're running the hurdles or not, just that so much more is possible than we can think of sometimes. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what you guys do next year. <laughs> you did your triple at Europeans. Tammy's doing her triple marathon. So <laughs> where did this where did this crazy idea come from? Well, I never stated I was sane, so clearly I'm mental. Yeah, so I was offered entry to London from New Balance and it's on my it was on my list from the get-go because I'm en route to get the six stars for Abbott so I was like yes definitely but I had already been scheduled for Chicago because I had deferred it from last year so it hit me a little bit later that I was like oh one is right after the other okay great so goals were really to amplify recovery and just really you know be in a good healthy state both physically and mentally to get through it January I think I was just like yeah I'm gonna run international races and I'm just gonna do so many things so a lot of I did two halves in the beginning of the year I did one in Philly and 
March. And it was just really just to see as a benchmark how that was going. And it went pretty well. And then I did the Brooklyn half a few weeks later. And then I took a break because I was like, I know I'm going to start building up to get into longer distance mode. And I had some big time goals, but it got altered. I got COVID and I got sick. Unfortunately, I had a family loss. So that really took a big hit on my training. So the rest of the summer training was really dedicated to just getting endurance. And then again, like amplifying recovery before, after on rest days to make it through. So luckily I was in good shape for um, London and Chicago. I was healthy in both start lines and smiling throughout the race. So I managed to get the same time for both races, which is a little wild, but it, it was bizarre. Yeah. I think it was, sec- it was like 10 second difference from like London to Chicago, oh. but yeah, it was Wow. It's incredible. And I'm just so grateful to just be, you know, not broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> hence, hence New York is just going to be strictly fun, but I'm actually feeling pretty good. So oh, I can't wait to see it. And best of luck to you. You guys come you guys are both so incredibly motivated. So Tammy, where does that internal motivation to run come from? And kind of what, what role is running playing in your life? It's a you know, we all know running is a massive time investment in you physically and mentally, and it's hard on your family and you have to say no to things because of running sometimes, but where does that motivation come from for you? Yeah, I think it's just, I don't know, like I get the runners high a lot and I just, you know, and I think just running has led me to so many amazing things in my life. Like I've, experienced countries some of my like best friends are met through running so I think just you know the the happiness like I try to search for the happiness of it and I think that's like why I'm like this is why I do it this is why I do it like I always learn something new or you know I meet someone amazing or you know I I get to do things like this so it's just been wonderful and I think that that's like my motivation it's like you know you're not you're doing a good thing and good things come out of it so I think that's where I find mine. And yeah, I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful. I think I really agree a lot with Demi on this. For me, at the end, it just makes me really happy to push myself out of my comfort zone, to go for the hurdles. I don't know. It makes me so happy to fly over them and see, can I go faster next time? Can I do this better or that better? And at the end, now that I'm at a higher level, all the things I can experience, the friends I make all over the world, things like this now the podcast where you meet new people I think it's just amazing how many things you can achieve by just doing what you love so much and I think that makes motivation for me easy like I just love what I do so when I I just had a break from five weeks and then after three weeks I was like okay I would I would like to get started and then today I died completely on my session that's normally really easy because I didn't train for so long but then when I'm laying on the ground, I also feel really happy. Like, okay, I'm back. I'm training. I'm doing what I love. And yeah, so I agree a lot with Tammy. <laughs> yeah. Do you take five weeks fully off? Like no exercise? That that feels like, you know, us distance runners, I think we'd have a hard time not running for five <laughs> weeks. You pushed your body to its absolute limits this summer. You competed. Yeah. You frequently competed, you know. Is it completely off? Yeah, for fee- four weeks, it was completely off. And then last week, I just moved a bit where I joined one of my boyfriend's training or something like that. But yeah, I really love 
the four weeks over, like my body really loves it. It's like, okay, I need my rest now. And it's long. And that's especially with the distance trainings, we feel that it was long. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's also really good because every day I ask so much, like for so many weeks after each other, like to give it its best and maybe sometimes even more. So in order to not get injured and also to be mentally or fresh again, it really makes for me a big difference to get four weeks off. So we all know it takes a village to be successful. How do you guys celebrate after a big accomplishment with your community? When you win a medal or you finish a marathon, who are the people you're celebrating with and how are you bringing everyone together? Well, for me, when I started to go to the big stage, it was COVID. So for me, it was really tough mm-hmm. in the beginning. Like my parents, they already booked their tickets all the way to Tokyo and then they weren't allowed to go. So in the beginning, it was a lot mostly with my teammates, which is also really nice, which I'm really happy about that we could go together to all these places. But now, for example, at Europeans, my family was there, my boyfriend was there and my friends were there. So that makes it for me really nice to yeah, to celebrate with the people who are so close to me because they see you invest a lot. And also sometimes I cannot see them that much because I'm away again and they know what I do it for, but still it's hard for all of us sometimes. So this makes it really a time to be together and celebrate it. And also that we didn't see each other so much. COVID was such a challenging time. And I felt very deeply for all the athletes in Tokyo (laughs) who you know, that moment should be so special celebrating with the people you love. And I'm really happy that you got to experience that this year. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tammy, how are you celebrating? So it's for this particular year, it's varied. So my husband, unfortunately, wasn't able to come with me to London because of his back issue. But I, so my go-to meal after marathons is a burger and fries. Like I craved that so much. So I went to go have a burger and fries and then the Stolen Starts teammates were also in London. So I met up with one of them and we had a drink, which was fun. So celebrating with teammates. Yeah, it was also really mm-hmm. nice. And then Chicago, they had like this massive after party at night. So it was just so fun to see like all the running crews with their medals, like still breaking it down on the floor. So it was great. I was like, well, we don't act like we ran a marathon today, but it's cool. I can move. Right, right. <laughs> um, And then tomorrow, actually, with Women Make Moves, because we meet on Thursdays, we're having like a big celebration, bring your medal, whether you ran your half marathon. So we're going to do like a celebratory run, bring your medal, and then we're going to have drinks after. So I'll get to celebrate with them too. I think celebration is so important and we don't do (laughs) enough of it, especially in the past couple of years. Yeah. Well, one of the other ways you guys are connected is through New Balance. So I would love to hear kind of about your work with New Balance and what that's looked like. So Femka, when did you sign with New Balance and kind of how has it been over the past couple of years working with this brand? I think it's incredible that we're all so different and we're brought here today because of New Balance. Really nice. I'm with them already since I'm 17. So since 2017, wow. yeah, they were really early already. Yeah. Seeing some talent in me. So I was really like, whoa. I'm so lucky to be so young and already sponsored <laughs> by such a great brand. And since then, I've never wanted to leave. If, if my success got better, it's just, for me, it feels so much like a family and like a big team. It doesn't feel like there are just some athletes all put together, but it's really like, yeah, you want the other one to do well. And just, they're really like taking care of you and want the best for you as an athlete. And it really makes me happy always. And also 
all the other members of the team New Balance from the athletes who I see. Whenever you see someone in New Balance, you're like, oh, hey, you are one of my teammates, <laughs> even though you're maybe not at all. But yeah, it just makes me really happy to be part of such a big and nice family. I can't believe it's been since 2017. Someone must have really yeah. had some forward <laughs> thought there. That's incredible. That is. Yeah, yeah. And Tammy, you know, the Stolen Stars is a new concept. You're mm -hmm. bringing together women from around the world who are doing very different things. You're creating a community within New York City, but we've got some DJs. We have, yeah. you know, people working on sustainability projects, diversity and inclusion projects as well. So this is a new concept. What was it like to be selected for the Stolen Stars? And how has it been being connected to such an interesting dynamic group of women? Yeah. So, kind of like MK was like me like what like this is real <laughs> like what and then I learned about what the initiative was and you know I was brewing this women's group that I have now already and it was like this is aligns with everything I believe in and stand for and you know it is really cool to be in a group with nine other women from around the world you have friends in each country now it's awesome but this year alone I got to meet almost all of them. I'm missing one. We're missing one who is the DJ, but it's just been great. We, I met three of them in Boston. So we were there for New Balance's track opening. And we also got to run on the track, like be one of the We got to get you there if I'm good to that track. Yeah, yeah, I yeah really want to go. Great. <laughs> you have to come. Um, it was oh, just okay. great. It was great to meet some of the U.S. ladies. And then when we went to London, we met more of them. And it's just been great because, you know, we've been chatting through DMs on Instagram, but to finally meet in person, it's just been something else. And everyone, every one of the ladies is awesome. Yeah. What we have to do is a big event at the New Balance track and all the New Balance athletes from around <laughs> yeah. the world come there. I know that. I think that would be really fun. That track is, yeah. I saw it and it's, it's wild. It has the hydraulic track. It's really cool to run on too. Yeah. Well, I will do that anytime soon. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, especially if they, I think they're going to try to host worlds or something. I heard a rumor on the oh, street. Cool. That <laughs> would be, well, I want to end this conversation with kind of we're back where we started about, you know, community and your goals. So you guys are, you have so much life left in, within the running community. What do you want to leave beyond medals, beyond results, beyond performances at the end of the day, when you finally hang up your running shoes what impact did you want to have? You're not even in the peak of your career. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think about what you want to accomplish and to be remembered as? It's, this is one of my favorite questions. I know it's a hard one, but I think it's a, a fun reflective thing that hopefully when that does happen, we can go back to this podcast and be like, she did it. <laughs> I hope I will have done it, but I think for me, it's really like, we are a pretty small country in the Netherlands and on hurdles on front meter sprints the U.S. is always really strong and I hope it's really I'm showing also a lot of people like all over the world that so much more is possible that you can just I was always second one behind my best friend and I just always had so much fun doing what I love and just doing track I do it because I love it and I hope people also want to like do a high level of track with so much happiness and also see like okay, maybe I'm the small girl who can achieve also one day a medal or it doesn't even have to be a medal, but pretty much in anything. At the end, I go over hurdles and I think everyone has hurdles on their way in life. And 
I hope they will just, I really try to be a positive person. I really try to bring it to the track because I think it's one of my favorite places to be. And I hope people will remember that and also take inspiration out of that. A little similar in the sense where it's, I'm, I'm Latina and my family is Venezuelan and, you know, representation is matters and it's big. And I just hope more women of color show up and are more seen in races, especially long distance races. And just overall for people to just not have to think about their physicality in order to feel like they can run and, and have spaces where, you know, women feel safe mentally and physically to just show up and train and they can do anything when there's such joy in what we do, regardless if we're in competition or not. And I think not to lose that and just, you can do anything. So for you, how have you kept this positivity within running? How do you keep that positive mindset all the time? I try to express a lot of gratitude. <laughs> I meditate. Sometimes I meditate while I'm on races or if like my body is, my hamstrings are screaming at me at I think mile 23 of London. And I was just taking the surroundings. You know, you are here in London. Be thankful that you're moving and you have three miles to go and really taking in all the cheers and the people and the gift of moving. I, I try to like remind myself that as I go and that keeps me positive throughout. Yeah, Femke, you probably don't have time to meditate in a 50-second <laughs> race, but we have to touch on your mental game. How do you keep yourself focused in overcoming those really hard days and hard sessions and times where you potentially you're injured? How do you work through that mentally? Because it's not all positive all the time. And hope We wish it is, but it's not. <laughs> but yeah. it's not. No, I think for me, it's also just taking in where you are. Like last year, I was injured, but at the end, I was injured in South Africa. I was helped by a really great physio who I didn't know before. And I think small things just remind me like, oh, I could run a bit more. And I think it's really just about taking in the small things and enjoying them a lot because at the end, you want to enjoy the medals. But there are so many small things you have to do and that are going to happen that you like or not like. But you need them in order to get to that big big medal. And I think I just love the way and of course I don't always love the way there are days that I'm like why is my body feeling like this of why am I not breaching the times but mm -hmm. I think if I always take somewhere around the day some time to think like look where I'm at right now I'm 22 I've already achieved this and it's just my big dreams that make me maybe a bit upset now but I think there's so much more and I already learned so much and I just always try to take it as something I can learn from and also talk a lot with people around me. That helps for me a lot. Amazing. I want to give you guys the opportunity while we're in this space together to connect. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned some of your favorite places to run, but I guess what's been your, whether you've reached the goal or not, I guess what's been your happiest place to race? What was one of your races that you think back and you're like, oh my God, that was so good. I loved it there. There are a lot. Well, for me, I think it was last year, Lausanne Diamond League, because it was straight after the Olympics. And it was for me the first time I raced in front of an entire crowd. And I oh, was wow. lucky enough, like Leah, the person I talked about before. It we got to get her on the race. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was her last race there and she's from Lausanne. So for me, it was really like, a, yeah, it was so amazing to see the support for her from her own country, but also for me and for the others. But just being there and this amazing atmosphere and so many people, it was really a moment for me that was like, whoa, 
yeah, I've never been in a full stadium, so I really that's yeah, super cool. Yeah, <laughs> and for you, um, you know what? I'm gonna say London. I I had never. It was my first time there. And all the sites, like I was really good about not walking a lot and being off my feet the days before. So I didn't really get to sightsee as much. So that was my opportunity to do it. And I was like, wow, it's gorgeous. You end near the palace. It was wonderful. And yeah. I think just the crowd, there was no empty spots and just everyone was so <laughs> lovely. The music was great. It was good. It was good vibes all around. So I fed off that a lot. I think I was somewhere on the Tower Bridge at one point, and that yeah. looked so amazing for everyone. Yeah. I, think, I think it was halfway. Or... Yeah, it was so exciting. There were so many people there. It was like a <laughs> Now I want to do it. Yeah. It. Con- <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to get Femkin in New York, because then we'll all be there at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love to give you guys the opportunity to take a moment to, you know, a sink, say thank you to Gratitude. And, you know, my thing is I'm really grateful for running to bring all the opportunities of bringing women together, pushing my body. I think it really does make you a more positive, happier person. I know when I run every day, I'm a better person. So that's my piece of gratitude. So I'd love to hear your, you know, little thank you to, to running. Kind of jumping off the bandwagon, what you said, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm grateful for running because it's connected to me to wonderful people. It's given me a chance to meet new people like you guys today and connect with people like the still and starts and been able to use that and as a vehicle to create safe spaces for women and just I also coach so it's been great to share like wisdom and encourage people to go outside and either do better run longer or whatever it is but I'm just grateful because it's been giving me like some of the best experiences of my life so yeah I love your tagline all paces shades and sizes welcome of your yeah. running group yep. that's incredible <laughs> thanks yeah, I think the same as you say, all the experience you get just from running, but also for me, just the amazing learning process that running is teaching me. Like, I'm still pretty young, but I'm becoming more adult, but also because of my mm-hmm. sport, but just, and just all the happiness and the amazing people, because I think I met so many amazing people because of this sport. Well, thank you guys so much for this conversation. I, I know this was a you know new format of kind of talking with different women from different places around the world. And I'm so grateful to share the story of the Stolen Starts. And Tammy, we're wishing you best of luck in New York and Femka in returning to full-on training <laughs> for your big goals this upcoming year. So uh, thank you guys again. And I look forward to cheering you on on all your various start and finish lines. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of More Than Running with Dana. More Than Running is hosted on the Sidious Mag Podcast Network and it is edited by Mike Serzolo. This four-episode partnership with New Balance and The Stolen Starts only came to be because of you guys. It's been an incredible opportunity working with New Balance over these past few months to really put together women from the community and professional athletes. And the only reason why this happened was because of you. Your reviews, your support, and your sharing of my episodes with others. So keep it up, send me a message, write me a review, and I really hope you like this concept. It's experimental and I've been trying something new, but I've really been enjoying it. And I think it's a great way to connect the diversity of the running community together. So thank you again for listening to this episode and we'll be back next week with our next episode of New Balance and Stolen Starts.